Welcome to Pull the Shoot, our weekly podcast where we talk to business owners, C-level executives, and experts from around the world. Our goal, to help as many businesses as possible grow to the next level. It's our hope that by interviewing these business leaders and hearing how they built their culture and their company, that you might gain insight on ways to help you be a better leader and provide a better culture for your people. Our mission is to change the top-down mentality of leadership and help others to create and implement a transformational leadership style that is uplifting, supportive, and appreciative towards your people. We believe if you grow your people, you'll grow your company. Well, welcome everyone to the podcast. We're excited that you're here today. Of course, I got my sidekick, Jana, with me. Good morning, Jana. Good morning. Happy New Year, everybody out there in listening land. <laughs> That's right. Happy New Year. I hope all your holidays were great. Uh, I know mine were. We uh, we visited family in Chicago, which was awesome. And I know, Jana, you just visited family down in Louisiana. Yeah, in Louisiana. Yep. In the, in the swamp country and it was great it was good we had you know cold weather down there is like 60 so oh that's good yeah yeah, we spurted some of the craziness yeah we we had that uh those two days in chicago the high was minus seven the wind chill factor was 45 below that was just i can't even imagine that jeff i cannot imagine that like that's where your eyeballs and your (laughs) face freeze like you can't what do you do with your saliva what does it do i don't freeze I, well, I said it was like, to me, it was like a brain freeze. Like when the wind hit me in the face, you know, when you eat ice cream and you get that brain yeah. freeze, it was just like, yeah. oh my God, that's killing me. Yeah. Just killing me. So, so, Hey, we got a, we got a brand new year coming up. It's 2023. There's a lot of things going on. A lot of people are talking about just all kinds of topics all over the place. Um, I wanted to focus on one topic that just jumped out at me. You know, I get uh, notifications periodically and I thought it might be fun um, because, you know, there's so much, you know, the new year, people are, are looking at where they're working. They're looking at whether or not they like where they're working. Um, and, and other businesses are saying, Hey, I need to hire people. But I, I think this whole thing about the war for talent is a topic that I would love to talk about today, Jana. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's still there. It's still an issue with a lot of market segments that I deal with. And I talk to with some of my clients, hospitality, any kind of a service industry, the medical industry, believe it or not. My sister-in-law is a nurse in Louisiana. She has been for 25 years, an oncological nurse. And they're having problems at one of their big hospitals in Lafayette, Louisiana, in trying to retain and hire uh, experienced and talented you know, medical professionals. So it's everywhere still. Yeah. And I, you know, I can't, I'm, I'm struggling with, with the why. Um, I mean, I mean, from, you know, from minimum wage people, they struggle. I know certain restaurants are still struggling. I know in Nashville, you know, I mean, we're exploding here and hotels yes. are opening up all over the place and they can't open the entire hotel because they can't find anybody to, you know, to, to work for them. And I, so where's the struggle? I mean, why, why is this still happening? What, what's your thoughts? Well, I think, Actually, it's a couple of things. I think through the pandemic, we had people that sort of realized that maybe the service industry was overworking them, perhaps, or not being quite as organized as they thought they would like. So they didn't return to a service industry or an industry like that, where there is a lot of, a lot of hours required. Um, I think we are getting better as an employer in understanding what our workers' needs are and understanding that life-work life balance. 
I think there's also the element of just life work balance. Like, am I healthy here? Am I feeling healthy and strong and good about where I work? Do I feel like I'm being recognized for maybe extended hours or that kind of thing, you know, uh, giving 100%, 110%? Right. I think there's a lot of these kinds of things where the employees are saying, hey, this is sort of what I'd like you to look at, employer, boss. This is, I'd like you to look at me and value me. I think the flex time issue, Jeff, is still an issue where people are wanting either to work part time from home. And I think larger companies are starting to recognize that and starting to incorporate that in their structure, in their work workforce structure, but it's taking some time. I think, again, it depends on the industry. If the industry is an industry where you have to be there, like a bank or a hospital or something where you are, you're needing to be face-to-face with your people and your workers, then that's going to take some time to transition into understanding what the employees need from a life, uh, you know, life work balance. And then I just think economically, I mean, look at this, we had a pandemic, then we come back out into the workforce and we're in sort of a, are we in a recession? Aren't we in a recession? People yeah. are being more money conscious. So I think it's a little bit of a snowball that's happened in a couple of aspects of this whole, you know, uh, keeping talent and retaining talent. I really do. Yeah. And I, I think one of the things, you know, I, I, I look at this and I say to myself, okay, what's the solution, right? How do we get past this? And I think one of the pieces that I have not seen, and, and, and maybe it's just something I've missed, but this whole um, planning for your skills, um, updating your skills, mm-hmm. reskilling yourself uh, in, into different areas, um, how do you go about doing that? Is, is there opportunities to do that? Um, you know, I know like uh, there's the these different schools that you can go to yes. and they'll basically bring you in for free but and give you the skills, but they want to then be able to put you in the workforce um, and, and be able to do that kind of stuff. I just feel like there's this huge gap of skills that are needed. You just identified it, right? In the, yes. in the nursing world, you know, there's this huge gap. And so how do we start to backfill those gaps um, is, is I think one of the big challenges that we need to you know, figure out here in 2023. I think the other thing too, though, is, um, and you touched on it, and that is um, workers, uh, excuse me, businesses that are uh, supporting their workers and mm-hmm. teaching them. Um, you know, <clears throat> I had a gentleman that I talked to probably a year and a half ago. Um, and one of his things was that he started a new business three years ago, and he was hiring people. And what he said was, I don't want the people that are skilled already. I want people that don't know mm-hmm. what the skill is I need mm-hmm. so that I can train them the way I want to train them, A. And then B, my goal is to build this company up and sell it in five to seven years. He said, mm-hmm. so what happens to all those employees? Well, I've just taught them all these skills. They have a thick wallet of you know of cards that say, hey, I'm skilled mm-hmm. in this, mm-hmm. I'm skilled in that. And so they can go anywhere and now get a job. Yes. But he was able to actually... Um, and I love the mentality because he was actually able to bring people in that didn't actually know some of the things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was building um, uh, uh, towers for cellular uh, cell towers, mm-hmm. and he wanted people that you know that he knew no electricians, he needed to know people that knew how to lay cable, all that stuff. But he trusted that they had some skills, basic skills, but then he taught them those specific skills. And I think that's an area that's really critical that I think employers need to look at is bringing people in and then taking the time to educate them the way that you want them to work. Yes. A, because there's there's an advantage there, right? Because now they're doing the job the way that 
makes the most sense for your business, A, Mm -hmm. um, and B, they're also getting trained uh, on the job. A lot of employers don't want to take that time. They want to bring people in and they want them to be already skilled and they just want to plug and play them. And I think that's a huge mistake. It is a huge mistake. And also think about this, Jeff, businesses are changing. You know, what is required from a lot of these businesses is different than what was required maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago. People need to be need to understand communication, which is my big thing. They need to understand how to communicate in a multi-generational platform now. They need to understand marketing, a little bit about marketing, even if they're not in marketing. As an employee, they need to understand what the business's goal is. Uh, Do they need to advertise traditionally, social media? Do they need to join some groups and get out there and talk about their business? So what I tell a lot of people in looking, if they are in that mode of seeking employment, is uh, I tell them a few things. Make sure you know the company or the market segment that you're going after. Make sure you really understand it and its changes, because a lot of these companies have changed. A lot of these businesses have changed their business model in the last five, 10 years because of a lot of things, because we've got a larger workforce age-wise, because we are dealing with much more diversity in the workforce, the need to be very understanding of diversity and how to talk that talk and walk that walk, Um, the flex time. So I tell employees, listen, make sure that you've got your little, you know, your little suitcase, your little bag of tricks together. Educate yourself. If there are new techniques in a lot of even just how to use the computer, what about some of these programs that are very specific to certain businesses? Make sure you know what those programs are. Make sure you at least know how to maneuver through them. And of course, education. That's a great suggestion for employers. Educate your people. Offer them something that's different and exciting than the next hotel or the next bank office or whatever. Offer them team building. Offer them new ways to communicate. I always tell employees also, make sure you have your story down. When you go in and if you have the opportunity, which I always say fight for an in-face meeting, Fight for a meeting face-to-face so that they see all of the expression and all of the excitement behind your desire for that job. But make sure you also know what questions to ask and know what and, and be specific about what you're looking for so that you're not giving them any surprises once they move you through that interview cycle. Well, I think it's important. You hit a spot for me, which is the, the whole, you know, educate your employees and make them feel needed employee retention is huge, right? So, you know, people are moving around. We talked about it in one of the last podcasts, uh, the great resignation, people are moving around like crazy. Um, I think employers need to look at not only appreciating their employees, but educating their employees and understanding where those employees want to be. Where do they want to go? You know, they come in and where do they want to be in five years and then help them to get there because that's going to keep them in that position, in that job, um, or, or, you know, help them grow within the company, let's say not in that particular job. But I think that's important because client retention, the amount of time that you take to train someone, bring them up to speed, you know, and then a year later they leave, that's a killer, you know, from an employer standpoint. Um, so find a way that's going to keep those employees involved, keep them excited, keep the, you know, the retention there, because that's key. Um, the other here's thing another that- thing I just thought about, Jeff. Sorry to interrupt, right, but here's right. something I just thought about. When you do have employees that are leaving or you're seeing a cycle or a trend where they're starting, to, you know, more than not are starting to leave. What I like to tell my employers is, again, sit them down. Don't burn a bridge. Find out why they're leaving. 
Ask yeah. them. Be very say I would I would really respect if you be very candid with me and tell me why you're leaving. What it what is it that we did not supply for you? That's one thing I suggest so that you know in the future why you it, you huge. do have a great yeah. resignation or you, why you do have a big drop. That's important. I really believe that. I think well, the second thing is cast a wide net. Here's mm-hmm. something that's really interesting. Like you've got a lot of these programs within the prison system mm-hmm. where you hire, like uh, one of my favorite shows is uh, Pitbulls and Parolees down in Louisiana, their organization, they hire convicts uh, or people that are just coming out of the, you know, the correctional system. And they, and they have them work with a certain group of animals, a certain group of dogs and help train these dogs so that these dogs can become adoptable because as you know, there's a big stigma about pit bulls. That's kind of my passion is animal, you know, animal rights and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, my point in bringing that up is the woman that started that cast a wide net. She said, I'm going to go into the prison system and I'm going to find me, you know, people that are just coming out or people that have very soft crimes. And she has been absolutely the role model all over the nation for businesses to utilize casting a wide net or utilize a group of people that they might not perhaps reach out to. And I think that was really great. You and I've talked about that before the baby boomers, the retirees, the people that have these amazing communication and amazing face-to-face and larger kind of corporate skill sets, because they've been in corporate America for 30 some years reach out to them. They generally are much more dedicated in a lot of ways because they're used to a long employment cycle, just because that's the way it used to be 20 years ago, 15 years ago. And they also have the skill set of a lot of face-to-face communication rather than, you know, learning things through email or through digital, digital marketing, digital uh, training and that kind of stuff. So that's another group that you might approach in your businesses to try to retain to try to retain employees. Yeah, I love that. That's very interesting. I, I had never thought about that, but uh, lo- love the whole concept. Um, and it, it uh, gives, uh, A, it does two things. Uh, it gives someone that feels like they have no hope once they get out to have hope yes. and be able to do stuff. And B, can maybe help them become uh, active and uh, in society and, and be able mm-hmm. to, to offer something back. So I, I, I think that's great. Um, you hit on another topic that I, was, I wanted to jump on, which is, um, when people go for interviews and things like that, one of the struggles I think, and, and I don't know the answer to this, but uh, I was recently reading that the whole uh, resume, how do you make yourself stand out, uh, get noticed? You know, I got a friend that that's applying for jobs and she said, look, I got, I, I applied for this job and it, it only posted two days ago and there's 700 people that applied for the job. What's the point? You know, how do I make myself stand out in something like that? Um, and then I read another article that said, hey, look, the old resume of the way that you used to do it is not the way that you need to do it anymore because you got to change it. You got to come up with something new, uh, exciting, something that's going to jump off the paper at you uh, or at the employer that's looking for you um, and hopefully, you know, make you stand out enough where they say, hey, I'd like to talk to this person. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that's a struggle right now. I think people are, you know, so many people are trying to find new jobs and depending on the market, of course. You know, I mean, you know, I'm talking more uh, uh, upper management level type mm-hmm. of jobs. It's just you know, like there's a ton out there, but there's a ton of people applying for them. And, you know, how do you make yourself? I mean, how do you make yourself stand out? What are your thoughts? I think for standing out there, I have a couple of thoughts. Number one, I think it's very important to storytell, to tell your story. What people are looking for is honesty, integrity and authenticity. 
You know, they want something, yeah. somebody that's authentic in whatever their path has been. If they haven't worked for a couple of years and they feel badly about it, explain why. It's, it's, it's human nature, you know, especially for women to take a few years off to raise kids or whatever, and maybe talk about a, a, something that's very interesting. I, I heard this the other day, Jeff, that like a mother who just is a mother of, let's say, 2.4 children, whatever, you know, okay. that average, right. actually in the tasks that she does on a daily basis in the workforce would be paid $170,000 a year. That's what her value is just in the organizational skills it takes, in the time management skills it takes, in the multitasking wow. skills it takes, in how often they reach out to whomever they have to reach out to, whether right. it's a soccer coach or a teacher or the banker or the grocery store. But yeah, that blew me away. $170,000 a year. That's a, that's a crazy number. Isn't that I crazy? It. I was like, yeah. okay, what? well, I'm a little too old for that. But anyway, yeah, <laughs> yeah my, well, I, my younger children mothering days might be over. But <laughs> my point in that is, I would, I would try to cut through the minutia, as I say, as I tell people, what, how are you different? What is your story? What's like cool about you? Or why do you think you're a good fit for this, for this place? And then I say, be creative. You know, if you can, I always opt for a face-to-face. Now, you got to be careful. That might get you in trouble, but figure out a way to somehow meet that person so that they then have a face with the name. Because right. as you know, Jeff, when you get a hundred resumes across your desk, something has to stand out before, right. you know, for, for five of them, for 10 of them that they bring in. And there's so many recruiting companies now that they're just going to toss it, toss it, toss it. If it isn't something that is very very relevant to whatever that employer is looking for. So I say, be creative. Maybe do a cover letter. That's your story. That's kind of fun. Be humorous. Maybe include some pictures or some images, just do something that sets you apart from the other hundred people applying. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one way. Yeah. It's funny. You should say that to be creative. So one of the things that uh, the advice I gave was not only um, with the resume, do the cover letter, um, and then I said, reach out. So a lot of times, like she was using LinkedIn, um, and it's the, whoever posted the, um, the, um, mm-hmm. job posting. And I said, reach out to them. But when you reach out to them, you know, I, one of my things was say, OMG, how do I differentiate myself from, from the hundred other people that are applying? This is how I'm doing it. You know, kind yeah, of, yeah. that's the title. Yes. Right? yes. And, and then kind of go into, like you just said. But um, you got to have something that grabs their attention yes. um, and isn't like everybody else. You know, the, you know, I think in LinkedIn, when you click on the job thing, I think they give you a reply, like an automated, hey, I'm interested to this. Don't use this, this standard template, you know, change mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. all up, you know, so that they know at least that you had some kind of effort in applying for the job. Mm-hmm. You know, if everyone Absolutely. uses the standard template, then they know it's, they're looking at that going, oh, you and 200 other people all gave me the standard template. I would say no right away because you didn't take the time to even personalize it. Mm-hmm. You know? So yeah. I think that's that's a, a key there. But yeah, but I think that's interesting. And so- I think you got to hook them in early, Jeff. I think you got to hook them in early. Like, I think if you're replying like that and you're saying something personal, say, you know, I am so excited to apply for this job because give them your skill set maybe yeah. quickly you know two or three facts about you as to why you are the perfect candidate but then throw in something personal throw in something again that hooks them something yeah. where you know well 10 years ago um when i was working in this field i blah 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 you know i raised funds for a nonprofit that was connected to you know the mission statement of this company or whatever it doesn't right. matter right anything that it separates you from all the others yeah no i agree 
I agree. Well, it is a war on talent. I got to tell you. I mean, it's one of yes, those things is. where uh, 2023, and again, it's been a war for a while. And I know we've talked about several other aspects, but um, all indications are that it's deepening um, this year and that um, I think we're going to see some new uh, things develop from it. I think we're going to uh, see some new thoughts, ideas, uh, the way that people need to be treated. All that's mm-hmm. going to start shifting um, I see here in 2023, and it needs to. It needs to to finally move away from, you know, this this whole, you know, top-down mentality. I mean, mm-hmm. I'll never forget mm-hmm. one of the stories when, when I worked uh, in corporate America, and I was on the train, and I'm sitting next to this gentleman, and he starts talking to me. He says, see that guy sitting over there that's sleeping on the train? I go, yeah. He goes, if he worked for me, I'd fire him. And I go, why? He goes, because there's no time for sleep, and I need him to always be thinking about what he's doing for my job. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what the heck yeah. is that all about, right? Yeah. So, yeah. That's the wrong attitude. Totally. It's like it took away the whole, you know, uh, work-life balance, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and and it was, it was. I'll never forget that story because, I mean, it was just one of those weird things that I thought, who, who does this guy think he is that he can control people outside of work? You know, that's yeah. just not the way to do things. And Well, and, think- and if you really think about successful companies or these people that are hugely successful, they always say, my biggest thing was always feeding into my workforce, asking them what they need. How can we be a team here? How can we team play? That old mentality of that top, you know, top down, you know, the boss knows everything. That's not, that's not how you feed into your clients. Who would want, who would want to stay? Who would want to stay in that situation? Nobody anymore. So everybody has value. The key, and you and I talked about this on another podcast, Jeff, the key is knowing where your talent is, knowing where to put your little worker bees, you know, who works best virtually, who works best in front of people, who's better at marketing, who's more creative, who's more task oriented. That's the key in keeping talent, I think, is being open to hearing what they have to say, listening to their ideas and feeding into them, you know, pouring into them so that they feel valued. Yeah, agree. Agree. Well, hey, Jana, we got to kind of close this up. This has been great. I love this topic. Um, and we're going to, you know, continue to have more fun topics that we're going to talk about. Um, here's the deal, folks. If you're listening to this podcast and you have comments and thoughts, man, we would love to hear those. Um, yeah. You can either, you know, start a comment. Uh, we do a lot of LinkedIn posts when you'll see this podcast there. Give us a comment there. Email us at info at pull the or Janet, JanetLandry.com. Just um, make sure that you think through this and that you give us your thoughts. Because one of the ways that we're going to work together uh, and solve these problems is by working together is really what I want to say. So help us do that. And, and we're excited for that. So again, thanks for listening as always to the podcast. Janet, thanks. Um, you, you and I are having a lot of fun doing these. So yes. uh, we continue to do that in 2023. So folks, I hope you're enjoying that as well. Um, and until the next time that we talk, we just always ask you to stay safe and be healthy until then. So take care. We'll talk soon. Have a great day. Talk soon. Bye, y'all.